1: Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Is This Place Haunted? We will find out soon.
2: Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm Lauren. How are you doing? I'm so glad you're here
1: quick disclaimer from the start should we say we are dropping down to fortnightly episodes
2: yeah, yeah. we're focusing on we're quality done. not quantity <laughs> yeah I think we're two working girls full-time jobs other things that we need to do and we want to give you the best episodes yeah the best quality episodes I and mean, we can't do that when you're doing it weekly really, it was just all the
1: it, time. it was too difficult to keep up the weekly one without us kind of burning out a bit so We thought let's just do two weekly episodes that are actually really good and we can look forward to chatting about them.
2: Yeah. And in fairness, um, yeah, we're just like, it takes a lot to produce these episodes sometimes. Like actually, especially when they're like more complex cases and things. And I know it's like, it's easy for people to do that when you're getting paid. Do you know what I mean? Like you're paid. (laughs) Whereas us, we've got our jobs and stuff. But I apologise. It was my fault this week i um i wasn't quite prepared last week but
1: but it's fine because now we, we get a bit of a longer break between doing that mm-hmm. and we just wanted to be the best and i think that we were we were struggling to keep up aren't we so we're going down to two every two weeks and mm-hmm. you know hopefully it changes in the future we'll be able
2: to do much more but yeah I, hope so. I was listening to some other podcast today um the the one that I told you that case that I'm particularly invested in and that podcast I was thinking that podcast is actually sponsored and they've got a they've got like a patron that's really active and stuff like that and I'm like in fairness that episode was actually really quite interesting I really didn't like the presenter one of the presenters I thought was actually she yeah she was a a bit on the edge of being a slightly right wing to be honest with you or not right wing just politically incorrect but then of course I I realised that their actual... Their whole theme is that they are on the other side of, like, the norm conversation, which makes sense. Like, they are trying
1: to almost be not PC.
2: Yeah, they're kind of, like, counter to that. Having said that, their research was actually really good, and their arguments were really clear, and I think if more people listened to that episode, they'd probably think differently. But um, I was thinking because we produce quite good quality stuff and i was like how come we've not got like mcdonald's sponsoring us or whatever <laughs> like diet coke sponsor me <laughs> yeah. diet coke please or something or like milk
1: fun. why yeah, is- milk for you sponsor me
2: yeah or like bravo considering i talk about housewives all the time or oh, or like oh, edinburgh Edna vaults <laughs> or like a witchy shop
1: that would be amazing
2: that would be amazing I'm Actually, I'm supposed to be going to a witchy shop soon with my mother, because she keeps oh, no. going on about it. Yeah, the one in Lisha. It's, Yeah, yeah. It's called the, the Wee Witch or something like that. Oh. Um, But yeah, it looks really interesting. They've got some really cool classes as well. I'm going to go along to their tarot classes and what have you.
1: Yes. Well, before we jump into this week's topic. <gasps> oh, yeah. Will I tell y'all mm-hmm. about my past life regression? Please do. So, it was so funny at work yesterday I was like to the like the my colleagues like guess what I did last night and we basically played a game of like yes and no like I could only answer one answer and honestly I was they were like it took a long time but then they were like was it to do with a psychic and I was like "Mm, kind of but not really but yeah you're along the right lines and they kind of went down that place and they're like was it healing was it Reiki and I was like again no but you're on the right lines um so I went to get a past life regression on Tuesday night and it was it was very healing I have to yeah. say um so I so saw this lady we had a chat about things and she was like asking about my relationships today she was like and she asked me like what's one word you would use to describe your dad your mum, your sister's and it was all like nice stuff and she was like so there's not any kind of conflict within your host family and I was like no no no! like I'm really really close with them and she was like it'd be interesting to see if you were all you knew each other in a past life so anyway then you get into this like little cozy bed and she like tucks you in with a blanket and then she just sits next to you and like puts you in hypnosis oh. and like we both meditate quite a lot so I was quite quick I like right that's me So she was like, she took me to different places. Like she gets you to go to a meadow first and then like by a river and then a beach and like all these relaxation places. And then the last one is like a very beautiful country house, a big wooden house. And you're walking down 10 steps. And with every step, you're getting further and further into a trance. And then by the end of the steps, you open the door and you're going into your past life. And it was just like, as soon as I opened the door, I was like standing in this big barn. I could see gravel between my toes. I could feel it. I had these hairy motherfucking toes. They were ginger hair. (laughs) And I looked at my knuckles and they were also incredibly hairy. And I was like, dirty. And then she was like, what are you wearing? And I was like, burlap. Like a burlap sack.
2: How did you know that? Did you know that word before? I don't know. That's weird though. I've never heard that. So specific. I'm just wondering if, yeah that's like so specific yeah. it's not like you were like rags <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? no, I was
1: like I'm wearing a burlap sack so I had to make my clothes out of um what's your name woman? amish what age are you I'm 38 what year are we in 1498 like it was just like I can remember it but it doesn't feel like it was me so I was in 1498 and she said where are you and I was in the highlands of Scotland and as I said to you Lauren I was like expecting something really sexy I was expecting it to be like a jazz musician from Louisiana and she's like no you're a big hairy guy called Hamish from the Highlands babes so (laughs) uh, I was standing in my barn and she was like what do you feel and I was like pressure and she was like pressure to do what and I was like to look after my family and she went what do you see around you and I was like sheep just sheep in the barn fuck knows what my trade was I don't know did I sell lamb <clears throat> and then she transported me to my next pivotal life event and I was standing in the dark in a town square that had a circular well my mum was on a chair on it getting burned to death for being a witch this time and I could see it and I was like screaming and the, the there's like men with like I don't think it was pitchforks but like you know like fire and stuff like that standing yeah. around a circle like doing it on like she's a witch she's a witch <clears throat> it was all because she made a potion to try and heal i think she tried to heal a pet this is so specific that is so specific it was something like that and they burned her alive on it and i was like powerless you're holding me back i feel on floods of tears she's like what are they doing and i was like they're burning my mum alive like i could feel the heat i could smell the flesh and she was like right we're just going to go through that quickly and we're going to take you to the end of this your past life you're about to take your last breath what can you hear And I was like, I've got my kids, I've got five children and I can hear my wife helping them. Um, And she went, how do you feel? And I was like, loved. And she was like, and who can you see that's in this life? And I was like, my wife is my mum in this life and my child is my nephew in this life.
2: That's wild. Yeah. I was going to ask you. Oh, I was going to ask you. So in your past life, you might not know this, maybe it didn't come through properly, but you know how you said that your mum was burned. Who was your mum in your past life? Are they in this life? My gran. Oh, so, alright, okay, cool, cool. Okay, Well, not cool, cool, but like, all right. But that's why it was
1: so traumatising, because I, she was she is was my nana here, but she oh was my mum in that like, life.
2: That's fucking
1: mad. And then she was like, so that's perhaps why you struggle watching people getting burned in films, and I was like,
2: probably... <laughs> because it was like so visceral yeah yeah I have to book in with this woman when I come over I'd love it you should you absolutely There's should somebody like, with somebody shite like oh you're putting on a specific uniform and you've got fascist beliefs or whatever I know so I'd I'd have have think that. Like, do you know what it would even
1: be killer if I was a witch getting burned alive like I even think that would be killer instead of being like a lamb barn owner called Hamish
2: yeah that's mind you maybe like it it, it sh- do you not quite like big hairy guys
1: not like this
2: no oh, right okay no.
1: like literally picture hunchback of notre dame meat break <laughs> a bit
2: oh my god and how vivid was it like was it like like i know you said you could feel the gravel but like the visuals was, and stuff like i was there oh my god like a waking dream yeah but a vivid one
1: so like so it's not it doesn't even feel like a dream it just feels like it happened like you know when you look back to somewhere you've been like that's just how it felt um and then she said what does your past life need to tell you in this life and um, and it was like you don't need to feel this much pressure you can just enjoy your life
2: oh right okay that's that's yeah and I, I get was, that feels like
1: oh god that does feel quite true um mm-hmm. In a text, Lauren, like I'm going to New York.
2: <laughs> I know. I was like, right. <laughs> I mean, I was. So I've I, been looking.
1: I've been looking for ages, and I'm like, I just really want to go. And I was like, do you know what? Working where I work, life is just far too short. You see things, and you're like, do you know what? I'm just going to do it. So yes, I am going to go to New York.
2: So are you going to go yourself, or if what?
1: I'm, yeah, if nobody can come, I'm just going to go.
2: Oh my god! How much are the flights?
1: Two hundred and forty-nine euros from Dublin. No
2: way. Yeah. Each yeah. each way. Yeah.
1: Still,
2: them um, Yeah, it's kind of that's kind of cheap, I suppose. And, so but then it was up. like, um, should I just go first class? <laughs> Look, babes, if you want to live that lifestyle, do it. I'm not holding you back. Get on that first class. I mean, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh,
2: God, I'm so tempted. I have a think. No
1: pressure for me, but I'm. I am going. Like, I'm like, do you know what? Could get. Hit. I hope I don't. But I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. So. I'm gonna live my best goddamn life and go to New York and ice skate under the Rockefeller Tree.
2: That's so cool. I mean, I actually, yeah. I do you know I've never been on a long haul flight, like ever.
1: The the thought is worse than actually doing it.
2: Yeah, because I suppose when you're on it, you're just like luxury. I honestly Gemini. would
1: borderline like get go back to New Zealand just to go on that flight again. Like it was one of my favorite parts. <laughs>
2: so fabulous. <laughs> it's so funny. See, today we were. Oh, actually, I'll tell you later on. Um. Yeah. So, live your best life, as you say. Do it. Yeah. my past life guy
1: tell me? Be like, come on, Hen,
2: get on that plane. And
1: and I also met my guardian angel. Did you? Mm -hmm.
2: So, who is it, or what is it?
1: It was like just a kind of golden thing, golden. Like it wasn't like an angel. Angel. It was more like golden energy. Right. And she said, "Is it like masculine or feminine?" And I was like, "Definitely feminine." And her name was Aria
2: aria i love that fabulous and she right. also said
1: you have the ability to communicate with spirits if you want but she went but you won't you absolutely won't Is she was like it's just not for you you're not you're more of an empath and you are mm-hmm. you know want to be a medium I was like i'll take it because i don't want to talk to the ghosties i really don't
2: no i know she made my aura for me as well i got loads done oh, and this is all in an hour so
1: it went over to be fair she sat and chatted to me for a while
2: you're like really good with these things though i've noticed that right because when we went to that other psychic um the one near you remember you were like yeah she told me that like i don't know like the ghost of like derek acora was here <laughs> and i was like like jealous as far i'm like jealous remember but i like, was like oh did derek say hi to you and you were like no no and i've got a poster on the wall <laughs> i
1: need to tell andy that story our our good friend andy it's big island radio i don't know if i've um told him that
2: i don't think we, uh, you have actually um i am um, yeah i'm gonna get booked in then babes when i come over
1: do it absolutely do it and every single time i've spoken to someone i've been this is my fourth psychic now who says i have a golden aura
2: i can believe it you have that you have that vibe though right because i was saying that the other day that you're very empathetic you're like very like nurturing and you kind of like say you always say the right things i'll be honest and i think that's part of your your soul she said i have blue as
1: well which is pragmatic and i also have a little bit of yellow which shows i'm going to go on to study a little bit more and i was like props Props."
2: i don't know how you do it when i say like oh studying having said that i've been i've been working super hard at work with my brain at the moment which is, oh, is that, like tired and yeah it's really like, tiring, isn't it? yeah because there was a period in my work where I was like you know I don't know I wouldn't say like coasting but I would say coasting and like I felt like it was you know I was, had like a good team around me and all that so there wasn't much I have now I've got to come up with bloody ideas I've got to say things to people and like present stuff and I'm just like this is not for me <laughs> I ain't doing it vibe which is why i want to go back to studying soon yeah studying how to be a bad bitch yeah i think
1: we wrote the book so
2: (laughs) we've wrote all the volumes honey (laughs) um so should we should we (laughs) yeah yes let's get into this this week's episode
1: millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom
0: Last week's, but and
2: wait, please do wait. But it it's in it's an interesting case. This one, I kind of the weird thing is, I vaguely knew about this because not the exact story, but my dad years and years ago. I remember we were driving somewhere in the car, and you know, my dad sometimes has like a like he'd come out with like, oh, this is why this has happened, or like this is why this happened, or whatever. And it's a really obscure story, Mm. um. So my dad told me about, um, in America, and he says the reason people think, and this literally, he said this, the reason people think vampires exist is because in there was a terrible like illness. At the time, I didn't really know what it was in America. And he says that they thought that people were being buried alive. And as a result, and it does happen, obviously, and it did happen, um, they'd get buried and then basically they'd get dug up again because of something happened. And then they would find that there was like, You know people had like bitten into their lips and things like that because people had woken up in the coffin and then like suffocated but they'd been biting their lips while trying to like kick out of the coffin yeah isn't there isn't there something to do with like tuberculosis with that yes honey and that's what we're just going to (laughs) well so this case is called the mercy brown vampire incident i can't so, wait i don't know anything about this so i am so excited to be educated it's, it's interesting um so in 1892 the mercy brown vampire incident was a chilling chapter in american folklore it delves into the macabre world of exhumations and superstitions in the late 19th century the small town of exeter Rhode island became the stage for a series of events that would go down in history as one of the most bizarre episodes of vampire hysteria in the United States history. The story became famous worldwide and it is believed that the case may have inspired Bram Stoker's Dracula. Whoa. The novel written in 1897. So, wow. you mentioned before, tuberculosis. TB bitch. Yep, TB bitch. Um, the 19th century, I'm just going to give you a little bit of background. I'm just going to, can I make a joke
1: quick? It's a really
2: bad joke. I feel we're going to lose listeners. We put the TB in bitch. The TB in bitch. Oh, nice. <laughs> I had to think there. <laughs> oh, honestly, I'm so dumb now. That was a dad joke. Um, that was, but it's good. Um, the 19th century in the United States was a period of profound social and medical transformation marked by numerous epidemics and health challenges one of the most devastating and persistent pandemics of that era was tuberculosis in brackets a highly contagious bacterial disease that affected millions of Americans and we're I'm going to get into the stats in a second it was fucking crazy yes and also it's
1: going to be a good opportunity to go back to Waverly Hills sanatorium yeah because there's a lot about exactly. TV and the history of it, it's
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rife. One of our earlier episodes that Olivia did was I uh, went to in-depth for that, and it was a doozy. So, tuberculosis often referred to as consumption, as it was believed to consume the sufferer's body. Um, was a disease caused by a mycobacterium, tuberculosis um it primarily targets targets the lungs leading to symptoms such as sim- symptoms leading to the symptoms ah. leading to symptoms such as coughing Homer. high fever <laughs> coughing high fever weight loss and severe weakness the individual could gradually waste away over days months and even years it's as if the life is being drained from them um by the way, interesting side note um, and I might have mentioned this before my granny had tuberculosis you did like, so you
1: mentioned it in that episode because I said same so did my granny
2: yeah that's right yeah. And I love how they were just like casually smoking like fags with tuberculosis like being like what's everyone like, bothered about <laughs> a cough for that just to be coffee I better get to my my job um <laughs> So, the bacterium is transmitted through the inhalation of respiratory droplets when, it's, uh, when an infected individual coughs or sneezes, making it highly contagious. Overcrowded urban areas and poor living conditions were breeding grounds for tuberculosis. Many individuals lived in cramped tenements or houses, and sanitation was often inadequate, creating a fertile environment for the spread of the disease. Malnutrition and poverty was also prevalent, weakening the immune system of those at risk. By the late, so this is like all the facts in that, by the late 19th century, 70 to 90% of urban populations of Europe and North America were infected with tuberculosis and bacillus. And and about 80% of those individuals who developed active tuberculosis died of it. It was estimated that at the turn of the century, 450 Americans died of tuberculosis every day, most between the ages of 15 and 45. So wow. very young. Yeah, um, so this went on and all while this period was on, um, in fact, I'll just keep reading from my script. German physician and microbiologist Robert Koch um, first identified the uh, the disease microbacterium blah 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 as the cause of tuberculosis infection in the 19th century. Although well, it was named just... Michael Cock. <laughs> Robert Cock, sorry. Robert, Robert. Cock. Robert it's, well it's like I think it's pronounced like Coch. It's Bob I Cock. Think. Bob Cock. Yep, hey, so I'm just salving some big right, hey, cock. Alright Big Cock. How are you doing? Um Although it was suspected that tuberculosis was caused by an infectious agent, the or- their organism... I know I said orgasm now. Or or- see, I'm just like you these days. The organism had not yet been isolated and identified. Uh, by modifying the method of straining, staining, cock, cock coke, big bobcock, discovered the tuberculous bacillus and um, dis- discovered it, basically, and established its presence in the tissues of animals and humans suffering from the disease. Now... At the same time, Dr. Edward Livingston Trudeau was the first American to promote isolation as a means to not only spare the healthy, but to heal the sick. Trudeau, and by the way, this is important for the story as well. Trudeau believed that the period of rest and moderate exercise in the cool, fresh air of the mountains was a cure for t- t- tuberculosis. And Uh-huh. So in 1885, he opened uh, the Alderondack Cottage Sanatorium often called the Little Red Cottage in um, Saranac Lake, New York, the first rest home for TB patients in the United States. However, despite the ongoing research being conducted to fight TB over that period of time, the disease was little understood by the wider population and it spread through communities like wildfire with um, with no understanding of how to prevent it, let alone cure it of the suffering in the communities. Many families and we'll get to this, were ravaged by the disease, which leads us now into the curious case that I mentioned before of Mercy Brown in New England. Eep. So, in Exeter, Rhode Island, several members of George and Mary, Br- Mary Brown's family suffered a sequence of tuberculosis infections in the final two decades of the 19th century. George T. Brown was a respected, they're always respected farmers, aren't they? They're always pure always. lads. George Brown was a respected farmer in the area. He had lost his wife, Mary, in December 1883. George then lost his older daughter, Mary Olive. Sorry, I should have said he lost her to tuberculosis, not just like generally lost her. Like, <laughs> lost <laughs> he he went lost her? away. Um,
1: he lost her in what's that uh, shopping place in Glasgow called? Silverburn. <laughs>
2: he, lost, I he lost her in Silverburn. Silverburn. <laughs> It's lost she's gone off somewhere um, so she died of tuberculosis in December 1883 George then lost his older daughter Mary Olive a dressmaker this to the same disease six months later after she died the town turned out for um, after like Mary Olive died she was very very popular in the community um, so loads of people turned out for her funeral um, apparently the whole village sung a hymn for her which she had selected for herself um and of course after this happened imagine losing your wife and oldest daughter within like six months pretty horrendous as it is George was left with the remaining daughter Mercy and a son Edwin both after this period were healthy for several years afterwards however Edwin eventually began to feel ill as well or many years later Edwin a store clerk was described as being a big husky man he eventually started to get worse and worse I can't see your face but I'm sure you made a face when I said husky man <laughs> he exhibited the telltale signs of tuberculosis and was growing worse by the day his father panicking that he could lose his son um, he sent Edwin to Colorado Springs to take mineral waters for cure, for a cure. Um, and it's basically, it was like another sort of outdoor sanatorium thing where you could go outside and just feel better because of the fresh air and stuff like that. And it was quite a common place for people to be sent to back then. But he was not losing his son, so he like booted him off. Um, and while he was in that period, um, or in that place, Edwin actually looked like he was progressively getting better um which is great however while edwin was away mercy his sister also became ill she had also developed yeah she had also developed tb her symptoms progressed much faster than edwin um this could have been the result as as both of them, uh, that they'd caught it years and years before when their mother died. However, they had been asymptomatic. Um, although because she had developed it so, pro- like, she got it and then progressively got worse to the point of, you know, um, she might have had it and Edwin hadn't. Unfortunately, she died very quickly in January 1892 and she was aged just 19. And unlike his her older sister where like everyone pure turned out and was singing a big hymn and there was like a big ad in the paper saying she died and all this he just took out a simple ad in the paper um saying that she died basically which i thought was quite sad actually like whatever you know because of the time of year the ground was frozen being it was in january so her body was placed in a mausoleum until the, until the thought the ground was basically warm enough to dig up and put in the you know on the ground after mercy had passed Edwin had quickly returned home um, because he'd obviously improved in the sanatorium however it wasn't long before his symptoms reappeared and it looked like he would die also that's awful i know sorry <laughs> but look i stopped there for a second because it looked like my uh, my computer was about to turn off and i was like please don't i'm on a roll what to do not today, Satan. So, so basically, after Mercy, um, so after Mercy passed, he'd come back. So, I'm going to just touch on quickly something else that was happening, coincide to all this death in this poor family. So, similar to the witch trials of Salem, um, there was a mass belief at this time, specifically in Rhode Island and in that area. Um, where the society at large were starting to believe that there was other reasons that was causing people to die in the communities. Because, as we mentioned before, it wasn't very educated in that those areas. They didn't really know much about the actual disease itself. So everyone starts to think, it's a fucking witch, or yeah. it's a something else. Yeah. In this case, people genuinely started to believe that it was because of vampires. So, Guys, I know. You're just like, just like what? Okay, they, so the concept of blood sucking spirit or demon consuming flesh has been told through mythology and folktales for almost all of civilization. One of the earliest vampiric depictions stems from cuneiform texts by the Akadaeans, Samarians, Assyrians, I can never see these sounds, and Babylonians, that's an easy one, mm-hmm. where they refer to demonic figures such as Lilu and Lititu. It wasn't until the late 17th and 18th century that folklore for vampires began to to be told through verbal traditions and lore in most European ethnic groups. Um, They were described as revenants of evil beings, suicide victims, witches, corpses possessed by malevolent spirit or a victim of vampiric attack that had resulted in their own viral ascension to vampirism. During the 18th century, vampire sightings across Eastern Europe had reached its peak, with frequent exhumations and the practice of staking to protect, to kill potential revenants. Whoa. This period was this period was commonly known as the 18th century vampire controversy. What Sorry, was
1: the What was mm-hmm.
2: the Why did they exhume bodies? What was the like logic? I will get to that in a second. Well, because oh, okay, well, that's fine. Sorry. Sorry, I'm no no crazy. it's 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 cool it's cool um it's cool it's cool babes. um so the 19th century witnessed a significant wave of european immigration to the united states including people from regions where vampire folklore was prevalent such as eastern europe you know what the like over there immigrants brought their cultural beliefs and their superstitions with them including these tales now like the brown family the TB infection spread easily among family members. Uh, Thus, when one family member got consumption, all the other members were infected and would gradually lose their health and die. Because of the superstitions culture, um, the superstitions of people at this time, the lack of education or understanding, as I mentioned, around the disease, um, people began to believe that the tuberculosis deaths, and even in the United States at the time, were caused by vampires. No. Uh, yeah as this belief spread through communities in in an attempt to protect the survivors and ward off the effects of the consumption bodies who had died of the disease were exhumed and examined if there was any unnaturalness about the corpses um and it was Basically, if they found that there was like organs were still warm or if there was blood still in some of the organs or if there was some other weird shit going on, like unusual flesh colours or what have you, um, they would basically perform a ritual on them. Um, If they could prove that the corpses were f- what they thought were feeding on people and coming out the grave every night, they would just dispose of them like the normal way these Europeans would um basically the the act of of doing this is is kind of like a religious ritual like they rip out the heart and like st- they would stake the heart this actually happened this isn't like just like a like a joke in dracula they'd exhume corpses cut off the heads on some occasions set them on fire take out their organs stab them and it's all just to kind of rid themselves of this like evil demon or whatever what the actual fuck yeah So anyway, uh, the most benign of these rituals that they would use, um, in other cases, families would... Oh, yeah, okay. So in the most benign of these rituals, okay, sometimes they would dig up the grave, notice there was a hand weird, and then they would flip the bodies over. They're like, great, they're now on their stomachs, they can't get up again. I'm like, What? However, um, as I mentioned, in most other cases, families would burn the flesh organs and rebury the body. Occasionally, the body would be de- decapitated, as I said. Afflicted family members would also inhale smoke burned from the organs or consume the ashes in an attempt to cure the consumption. Okay. Can. I know, and this is like you know. So let's it's get back boring. to. Um, sorry. This was not that long ago. I Really not that long ago. This is wild. So let's get back to the Browns. So many of George's neighbours feared that not only would he lose his son, because Edwin was still alive at this point after they put, you know, mercy in the mausoleum. Um, They were also starting to become concerned that maybe there was a little bit more to why his family kept falling from consumption. And maybe all three of his family that have died are now starting to prey on Edwin and pretty soon they'll start preying on everybody else. So after much prayers and much kind of like, oh, it'll be fine, you know, let's try and get Edwin through this because it sounded like they were a super supportive community to be honest with you, other than this factor. um, They eventually approached um, George with more alternative theories, which was this one. So um, what they suggested that they would have to act and they managed to convince George that he was going to have to exhume the bodies of his family members and they would have to examine them to see if they were showing signs of vampirism. Although George was unwilling to take part in this type of act, he was eventually pressured by the locals and a spiritual leader to exhume his late family's corpses and investigate for the signs. Desperate to try anything to save his son, he conceded and allowed the neighbours to dig them up. It was reported in a local paper at the time Mr. Brown did not place much credence in the old time theory and resisted their importunities until Wednesday when the bodies of his wife and two daughters were exhumed and and an examination had had under the direction of Harold Metcalf, MD of Wickford was to take place on the morning of March 17 1892 Dr Metcalfe arrived at the Browns graves finding a group of men had already got there (laughs) to dig up the bodies while the doctor looked on George not surprisingly had chosen not to attend that day George's wife Mary Eliza and his older daughter May Olive were, as you would guess, because this was many years before, just bones, having died many years earlier. But Mercy, the most recent to die, just two months prior, was surprisingly intact. Mercy, as previously mentioned, was laid to rest midwinter in a mausoleum within the cemetery and was not yet buried. The onlookers were shocked to see that Mercy was partially preserved by the cold temperatures. And despite it being like patently obvious that the time of year has probably stopped decomposition, of course, all the examiners were like, hmm, this is pretty suspicious. Anyway, they proceeded to do more of the autopsy. As well as being well preserved outwardly, blood was found in her heart and other areas of the body. Her fingernails had grown, um, her fingernails and hair had grown, um, which is like apparently caused by it's like a trick of the eye because obviously your flesh has retracted while you've been decomposing, oh. but it looks like they're growing further. So, yeah. Um, apparently, it was let- later written that during the autopsy, um, clotted and decomposed blood was found when cutting up her heart, and her lungs showed diffused TB germs now back then everyone was pure basic so decomposition was really the only way that people thought that was proof that you were truly dead um and given that mercy hadn't fully reached this given the state of her body and that she still had blood in her um the whole village and this doctor in the village pretty much were like ah yeah no she's a vampire let's deal with this um so armed with this evidence after the autopsy the doctor announced quite righteously to the villagers um that they had found their vampire um it was after this point um they did the full autopsy they removed things like the liver and various other things um they also cut out her heart and set it on fire oh god imagine, imagine watching this and they did it in front of people so. imagine the smell yeah
1: burning heart muscle like it's a big thick as somebody who's seen multiple human hearts it's a big huge thick like stringy thing it would
2: stink so they burnt it and not just that after they'd performed this ritual and by the way i have to say having read other vampire trails about people being exhumed i actually think they treated her relatively respectfully by the way compared to other people (laughs) um but anyway, after they performed this ritual, they then mixed her heart powder with water and made well made Edwin drink the ashes oh. in the hope that he would recover. Of course, he died two months later, age 24, of the disease. Jesus. But after they had done this, um, they returned uh, Mercy to the cemetery and she was then buried in... Um, And then, of course, two months later, she was then joined by her brother, who was forced to drink her own heart. uh... Jesus Christ. So the weird thing is, it's like anything in these occasions, like no one had ever thought that they were vampires beforehand or had any kind of suspicions like that. You know, like, Mm -hmm. oh, we specifically think that they obviously there was the vampire mania going on across New England. But of course, no one said anything. But after the ritual, more witnesses came forward saying that they had, in fact, seen Mercy stalk the village at night. Um, Although these accounts were, like, raised much after the ritual and people were just wanting a wee bit of time in the paper. Mm -hmm. The weird thing is, George himself after this horrendous thing had happened all his family had essentially died um he stayed in the neighborhood and um, he lived there peacefully until 1922 that's how real the, you know how soon this was although he was haunted obviously by the tragedy of his family um I think many people suspected that he made the decision to allow this to happen just to appease his neighbours because he knew that if he didn't, he might have been harassed basically yeah. to the end of days or asked to leave the town or whatever. Um so it was really just to preserve his home as well. Um, you know, like I can see why he did it. Like no one wants to be uprooted and things like that, even despite the tragedy. So it was easier for him to agree than not, even though he didn't think it was something he wanted to be <laughs> involved in Mm. so the weird thing about this is as well and i didn't actually read i didn't read this till after i read the other case so it's long been reported actually um since mercy had died she's actually not left the village oh really and this is really nice by the way so she is known to frequent a bridge in town and with her appearance or she's seen and with her appearance the smell of sweet roses
1: Honestly,
2: hashtag justice for mercy. Honestly, well, yeah, for sure. Um, there has actually also been EVP recordings of her voice in the area from ghost hunters. No way. Um, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and there has been rumors that she visits terminally ill patients in the area to tell them that there is life after death and to not worry. Oh, that's so. Funny. Is, I know. Which is such a weird contrast, considering that, like. They were like, she's a pure vampire killing Sunday, but now she's mm-hmm. coming back and being like, "It's, it's all just good, like babes.
1: No, I smell like roses, and I'm going to be nice." Yeah, that's funny, um,
2: yeah. um, Her surviving um, relatives um, reportedly saved local newspaper clippings in the family scrapbooks and often discussed the story on Decoration Day, uh, when the town's residents decorate local cemeteries, which is pretty nice um today mercy browns they've said all over the years it's kind of been like you know people take things and try and get like things it's actually super super popular with sightseers and curious visitors who often leave gifts behind such as jewelry and plastic vampire teeth um there's also they, they leave notes that are like no good for you babes that kind of thing
1: <laughs> oh my god was louis spence there
2: yeah oh i absolutely love it (laughs) it, it um so yeah so um the weird thing is though like you know i mentioned before like this vampire mania it was apparently only really specific to these rural areas in new england and over that period there was like basically in the big cities the like the papers would write stories about these like stupid ass locals or whatever that were like believing in vampires and thought it was this that and the other and like basically took the piss out of them that they're uneducated and superstitious Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like it wasn't like a mass oh we all believe in this it was literally that specific area and it was all just because of like you know immigration and stuff like that and they just didn't know what was causing this to happen and people go crazy y'all and I suppose like it's easy for us to
1: look back and be like y'all crazy but they didn't know what it was
2: no and it's like it's yeah because it's like generations of not being educated and you think about it it's like all they have is religion all they have is spirituality really spirituality. and if something and if people start suddenly dying you think it's either a plague or a curse like this you know like a witch has done this to you or whatever and it just so happened there must have been some in- influence from eastern Euro- europeans at that time where they that's the shit they believed in so they kind of passed it with their the new sort of communities and stuff mm-hmm. so this actually happened um several other times as well i I won't go into too much detail um because there are huge stories within themselves but there was other cases of the ray brothers of jute city um where a whole family played by um unexplained deaths the locals believed it was like a vampire that was coming back and they had exhumed bodies and and they did like some of them did much worse things to desecrate the, cors- the the corpses of like people that were being dug up um in may 1874 in Exeter Rhode Island 15 year old Ruth Ellen Rose died her father's second wife Mary had a family history shared by this common um this common illness um that so the father basically exhumed her burned her heart and i've read two different stories i've heard that he consumed the heart himself after she died to like save herself himself or whatever um but i've also read that he drove a knife into her body multiple times as well so as i said i was just for skirting about those stories because i don't want to get too too deep into them because they're quite hard to like find online um but anyway that's the story of mercy brown Um, and what the folk did to her body and this is where the vampire tales tend to come from tuberculosis by the way um, was eventually eradicated well not eradicated because it's still actually a massive problem today but through the mid-20th century obviously numbers started to decline with like you know living conditions improving and the rollout of the vaccine and all that type of thing so but it's still a problem globally you know it hasn't quite been squashed out as a disease
1: yeah, absolutely.
2: Um, I was actually thinking when you were talking,
1: um, the vaccine must have kind of came into play, not like maybe within her dad's lifetime. Yeah, basically. Okay. He could have lived so, the vaccine that killed his children. No, not the vaccine that you know of the illness that took his children's lives.
2: I I know it's a it's a real shame. It's like you know if they discover a cure for like cancer over the next five ten years and you think about it, it's you know medical science it's like <laughs> you know it could all change in an instance you know what I mean like people's fates and things And you think we wish I had it then or we wish you know there's going to be that kind of uh, you know eventually when we discover mm-hmm. new cures there's going to be that oh I wish it comes sooner and I wouldn't have lost this person or whatever you know I mean we're so you're seeing, seeing it in our lifetime with AIDS and HIV, like people can't even
1: transmit it when they've got the treatment. Like it's your viral load is so low that you, you can't give it to other people. And I suppose, okay. as well, another um one like that is diabetes used to take loads of life, like before we just dis- discovered it, you could give insulin.
2: Yeah, it's wild that. Because as well, I when mean, you think about it, um... love the wee vape noise. <laughs> Sorry, I did, I'd had a vape there, guys. Sorry. Basically, I was thinking as well, like, you know, it kinda the let's say that the vampirism epidemic of people thinking, Oh, it's this that and the other and like blah, blah blah it's kind of like conspiracy theorists today as well. Like people thinking the pandemic was, you know, caused by remember everyone some fucking idiot thought it was caused by the four G poles yeah. or something and yeah. like ripped them down or whatever tried to attack them. Yeah. And it, it goes hand in hand with like education, right? Yeah. Literally. Oh my god, i just how dark I look on cam
1: oh my god did I go to come and get you
2: probably but yeah so I mean there was so this story by the way did become quite famous and it was kind of shared around the world and obviously over that period someone called Bram Stoker read it and there was also other occasions where you know what you heard they used to eventually they put bells in coffins like there would be like a string that would be put in they'd be buried and then if the person woke up in the coffin, I'm not exactly sure if it was tuberculosis or another type of disease, but like um, if they woke up, they could ring the bell and people would dig them up. I don't know how often that happened. but
1: Well, I think it way. happened fairly often. I just put the camera down myself and I had such a double chin. um, Probably because I am lying completely horizontally.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm.
1: the, they had them in Edinburgh in Greyfriars and the, that is where the phrase dead ringer comes from if you look like someone, because if you look like someone, you might accidentally get back like buried so you were a dead ringer
2: oh my god mm-hmm. the facts that come out of you
1: and look at me look. look
2: at you look at her <laughs> look, at, look at me one of my ad oh sorry one of my adhd hyperfixations, probably at one point um, probably um so yeah so that's the story of mercy brown um i realized it wasn't as it's not a like, incredibly detailed Story online. There's loads of there's loads of like different like versions of the story and things like that. Not totally totally different, it's, but it's probably different.
1: not documented though. You're like you know, I, I thought it was a brilliant episode. I really enjoyed that. I hadn't heard anything about it. That's fascinating. Thank you. And also, so it was like you have to drink yeah. your sibling's heart. Like, oh my god! And also, like, I, and this is going to sound like I'm being glib, and I'm not. can You imagine
2: how that must have tasted. I don't think it would have done them any favours if I wanted to, oh. like, in any way, shape or form. I mean... But also, in
1: hindsight, she was literally in an outdoor freezer. Like, that's why she didn't decompose.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you would think at the time... They would know that though, right? They would think, oh, well, she's been above ground. It's icy right now. She's basically in a fridge. But, like, even the doctors were like, no. Nah. There's I, actually, see, when I was reading that, I was like, I think there's an element of it where they just like the macabre ritual of it. Yeah, Pobs. You know what I mean? And they're like, oh, this is great. Let's just your mads. You know? Let's just be dramatic. Love it. <laughs> Let's just be so dramatic. Yeah. But anyway, um. <laughs> The doctors in like Nelvig I'm in answer? my reputation error right now. <laughs> no. And listen, thanks to you, doctors and scientists and stuff, that we do have cures today for these deadly illnesses. And remember, guys, take your vaccines because it helps the world. Like, don't yeah, not take
1: them. Absolutely, look out for everyone, and um, also justice for mercy. Then she deserved better
2: she deserved better like yeah and I feel really sorry for George as well I just thought like imagine that having to have that happen to your family and he didn't believe it it's not like he was like I'm game for this like I totally think he knew it was an illness that was just being shared about his family and it was and he was desperate to like he was relying on science science as well that's why he sent Eddie or whatever to that sanatorium thing because he knew that you know he wasn't like oh let's there's a curse on me you know but what can you do
1: but i honestly think in that time like it's almost like eat or be eaten like you just have to go with it
0: totally
1: i think you're a vampire and he was probably way ahead of his time in that
2: yeah he was like super respected in the community as well and i think that people like try to give them or try to be supportive towards him as well but it just he gave in eventually to like it only takes like two or three people to start a rumor right and then it gets rife and everyone's like furied so yeah so justice for mercy
1: well brilliant episode loved it and also can I just say the weather is becoming so much more autumnal
2: and I'm loving it me too I was thinking that last night actually I was like oh I really love that it's coming into autumn like yeah. I don't really like I only like summer when it's like two days <laughs> and I'm like not done I like summer when I don't have to work but when
1: I have to work oh, no. and it's really warm and um it's also perfect spooky listening weather so we hope you enjoyed this and a brilliant episode Lauren I didn't know anything about that that was fascinating and fabulous thanks babes in a couple of weeks time it'll be my episode that in that week so it'll be two weeks from now and that will be not long it will be not long till you're over here so I really am a weeks going to look into Irish and Celtic folklore and as I said <gasps> my friend Emma over here knows a lot about it and she actually bought a book yesterday about Irish cures that they would use to cure certain illnesses so she's coming on whether she likes it or not.
2: Amazing that'll be good to have her on. Mm-hmm. Be good sure. fun. Um, um, yeah
1: fascinating. fascinating and yes
2: hopefully we can look into getting you a past life regression. Mm-hmm. And I bet you, because I feel like, see, this life, I feel like I'm getting kind of, like, gradually punished now and then. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm getting punished for something, I'm sure. Right? So I, I think I did something bad in the past life. I bet one of my lives I've been a little bit of a shit bag. I think.
1: But then it might be quite healing to be like, that's not me anymore and let it go.
2: Yeah. Do
1: you think it would? Like, just to say, do you know what?
2: <laughs> as long as I didn't, like, kill something, you know? Even then, it wasn't you. I know, but I was just thinking, yeah, it would be. It would be because then I could be like, actually Lauren, you deserve better. You know, mm. you, you you don't deserve to you've had a second chance or a also, third chance or many chances.
1: Just for people of who are obviously listening, Lauren is in the pitch black, right? All I see is- <laughs> and I'm reflecting in your glasses, so it's like there's a like a creepy girl, and that's it.
2: Oh my god, I forgot to post that. Bloody picture that I took of the ghost outside that door.
1: Yes, you need to post it.
2: Do you think it was a ghost, or do you think it was something else? It's just weird that it, it like something else. What, it was, what else could it be? I don't know. Like vape smoke, <laughs> like me, oh, well, me, I me vaping and taking a picture.
1: <laughs> that wasn't in my differentials for it, but I think I'll go and have a look. Put it up anyway. You can put it on our, a pole up, and we can <laughs> pull up.
2: Is, is this a, is this a ghost or did Lauren forget to not vape while taking the picture? <laughs> like is this a pure
1: vape? ghost? Or is this pure blueberry burst? Let us know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Do you know? I think for it, maybe it is. No, it can't be because I wouldn't take a picture and vape at the same time. That would be ridiculous.
1: <laughs> no, no, definitely put it up. That's what she said. But put it up. <laughs> cool. All right. Well amazing well thanks for listening guys and we'll see you in a couple of weeks time for some folklore on the irish and celtic background
2: see you guys thanks bye